0: We continue to mock the 2012 NBA draft. I, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. We are all the way down the lottery to pick number 11, and the Portland Trailblazers will select yet again. They had the number six pick. Quickly running down the selection so far. Anthony Davis of Kentucky goes to New Orleans. Charlotte took Thomas Robinson of Kansas. Michael Kidd Gilchrist of Kentucky goes to Washington. Harrison Barnes of North Carolina, selected by Cleveland. Sacramento took Bradley Beal of Florida, and the Portland Trailblazers took Oakland's own Damian Lillard, the point guard from Weber State. The Warriors with Tom Tolbert of KMBR selecting Jared Sullinger of Ohio State. Dion Waiters, the guard from Syracuse, goes to Toronto. Andre Drummond, the center from UConn, goes to Detroit. And the New Orleans Hornets have just selected Austin Rivers of Duke at number 10. Back to help us out with the 11th pick in the draft, the voice of the Portland Trailblazers, and that is Brian Wheeler. And uh, Brian, how are you today?
1: Very good, Tim. And uh, getting excited. We're getting closer to uh, the actual draft, and we can see how accurate some of these mock drafts end up being. But uh, I, um, I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting day for a lot of teams and uh, potentially a lot of activity. So, uh, but I'm happy to, to add my contributions, such as they are, to uh, to the fine mock draft that you are conducting.
0: Well, you know, last time we talked a little bit about the needs of the Trailblazers. Let's go back to the guys who are under contract and without the roster. Uh, who are guys that, that you thought took a real step forward for Portland last year?
1: Well, clearly LaMarcus Aldridge finally uh, was able to uh, uh, to achieve all-star status, something that I think some people felt he uh, maybe should have had the season before this last one. So that was definitely a step forward without Brandon Roy. Uh, or Greg Oden, it's uh, clear that LaMarcus is the uh, foundation centerpiece that uh, this club is going to be uh, built around uh, for uh, the foreseeable future anyway. And uh, I think in some respects, uh, Nicola Batum uh, did some good things as well to take uh, some steps forward, and as a restricted free agent, I'll be very curious to see what kind of interest he draws from other teams, especially with uh, clubs knowing that owner Paul Allen's tendency has been to match any offer that uh, a uh, Blazer-restricted free agent receives. If it's a guy that he really likes and everybody seems to feel that Nick is somebody else that the Blazers would like to have as part of their foundation. Uh, Wesley Matthews, I thought, did some some very good things and uh, I think he's somebody that is always going to work hard and uh, validate any contract that he has and so uh, whether whether or not he continues to be the Blazers starter at shooting guard, that's probably something that will depend on the kind of people they bring into the offseason but i think uh, wesley figures to be a part of the blazers rotation in some form or another but there are some open roster spots that's for sure and, and as we talked about last time the blazers have some uh, financial flexibility salary cap wise to go out and compete for some free agents and uh, with a couple of lottery picks so then two more picks in the second round they also have the ability to uh, Make some selections in the draft if they decide to go that route too. So uh, new general manager Neil O'Shea is uh, not lacking for resources and opportunities to uh, put his uh, stamp on this basketball team for 2012-2013.
0: Brian, a lot of times when you uh, talk to teams that are in smaller markets, and Portland's not a small market per se, but a smaller market, uh, they talk about sometimes how it's, it may be difficult for them to lure uh, free agents. Portland, though, has always had a, a somewhat uh, a good deal of success that way. They they seem to get it done.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that has been Paul Allen. I think that people know that, uh, despite uh, the size of the Blazers' uh, market not being uh, comparable, certainly to. Uh, L.A., New York, Chicago is is just a few examples. Uh, But Paul Allen being uh, an owner that has uh, the uh, the resources and has shown the uh, wherewithal and desire to uh, give the team uh, whatever is necessary to try to make up for some of the things that a small market uh, maybe doesn't provide. So the Blazers have always had... uh, a, uh, a very good team playing. They've always had a first-class practice facility. Uh, uh, players uh, go, and, and this is the kind of reputation that gets talked about uh, around the league, that if you come to Portland that you're treated well and that uh, certainly have a great fan base that sells out every game at the Rose Garden. So uh, it's, it's a very rabid uh, group of uh, very loyal and, and, in a lot of cases, uh long standing traditional blazer fans that have been supportive of this team for a long time so it's it's a good environment for players to come to and again they also know that with an owner like Paul Allen that uh, if there's an opportunity to uh, to make moves to to keep the club competitive that he's very 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 willing to do that and i think uh, players like to be a part of that kind of environment. So uh, maybe that has been part of the reason why, even in a market decisive for them, that uh, I think you're right, the Blazers have been able to compete for uh, for some free agents. But in my 14 years here, uh, and if you're to go back even further than that, I'm not sure that they've had as much salary cap flexibility as they're going to have in this particular offseason. So uh, this is uh, going to be... Uh, probably even a greater opportunity to test uh, the theory that despite the size of the market that the Blazers can compete uh, for bigger name free agents and if they do decide to use their cap money this season, I think they're going to have the opportunity to bring in certainly one high level free agent if they can attract that interest and in maybe two, uh, ones that are maybe more of a median salary but uh, they've never been in that position before so this is somewhat new to them and again gives Blazer fans hope that they can make uh, the changes in a positive way to have this team back at the playoffs and maybe looking at even some
0: greater things moving forward uh, as soon as next season. Brian, with Oklahoma City in the NBA Finals, I wanted to ask you about the, the fact that they're no longer in Seattle. Would it be great for Portland to have that northern neighbor again and, and to maybe get a Northwest rivalry going?
1: No question. And uh, I, there's been a lot of stories uh, around these parts about the, uh, the uh, Seattle fans having a very difficult time seeing uh, the team that they, through no fault of their own, had uh, taken out from underneath them and and, uh, see them having the successful uh, season that they are. And uh, I think there are a lot of Seattle basketball fans that have not forgiven the NBA for losing their team. And uh, the ones that still follow the game, I think it has been difficult for them to see the success of the Thunder. And You know, the last two franchise moves that occurred in the NBA – Uh, have not helped the Blazers travel-wise. Vancouver leaving and going to Memphis and Seattle leaving and going to Oklahoma City. So uh, when you look at an NBA map, the Blazers are certainly very secluded off by themselves in the uh, top left. And uh, there aren't a lot of teams necessarily that close to them. So uh, travel, which had been a bit of a challenge even with teams in Vancouver and Seattle, uh, has become even more so with those franchise moves. So uh, the Blazers would be the first team to sign up or any club that uh, might want to come back to Seattle for maybe a uh, new version of the Sonics uh, because I think the Blazers would like the rivalry, and I think they also would like to get to know that maybe they'd have at least one short uh, trip in terms of travel.
0: Right, I think the Trailblazers are the only team that has a longer flight than the Warriors, and that's Miami to to Portland. It's got to be close. It may, you guys might be a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, I think last year they uh, they came out with some numbers that said the Blazers and Miami were the uh, two teams that traveled the furthest, and I guess based on the extreme uh, situations on either coast, uh, maybe that would be uh, maybe that would be understandable. But uh, uh, but anytime anytime the Blazers go on an East Coast trip, uh, as you know, Tim, uh, it's it's very you see the teams that are very closely bunched. And so once you get to that first leg and and get the long trip out of the way to wherever the first uh, stop is, then usually the stops after that are maybe a half hour, an hour apart at the most. So you can see how some of the teams of the East uh, benefit greatly by being a lot more uh, tightly bunched uh, in terms of distance uh, to one another. But uh, it's always been a bit of a challenge uh, for the Blazers anyway. And so I think that uh, if, there is a team that is interested in moving to Seattle, I don't think we'll be seeing an expansion team in the NBA anytime soon, so it would have to be some team moving there. Uh, What probably wouldn't do much good is if uh, Sacramento were to move to Seattle. That's just basically transferring another West Coast team to the West Coast, uh, where they already are, but if you could uh, get a Charlotte or somebody from the East Coast that maybe isn't doing well in in their their, uh, building, uh, New Orleans would have been a great opportunity had they not solidified their situation, but uh, if the East Coast team would have moved to Seattle, I think uh, there would be a lot of teams in the West that would be very happy, probably not more so uh, than the Blazers, if that would to happen.
0: So, Brian, as the mock draft has unveiled itself to the point where Portland's on the board at number 11 and Austin Rivers has just been taken by the Hornets, uh, David Stern trudges back up to the podium and, and says...
1: Well, I think they're going to have a couple of ways they could go here. They could go with uh, a pick and they... Uh, the very first pre-draft workout that the Blazers conducted, they had uh, both the seller and Leonard in, and uh, they competed against each other and, and really had a pretty good battle on that particular day. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is uh, another way they could go here, a guy that has been uh, thought of very highly. And uh, I think, you know, they went with a guard at, at number six, and so it might be natural to think about a big here. But uh, I'm going to take a, take a chance and say that the Blazers will go for some more help at the backcourt because they do need some scoring and they do need some people to open up uh, the inside as much as possible for LaMarcus Aldridge. So I'm going to say that with uh, the 11th pick, the Blazers will take Jeremy Lamb, the uh, shooting guard, out of Connecticut. I think they uh, they like not only his scoring ability, but also uh, being measured at the combine with a wingspan of 6'11 and a 38-inch vertical. A very good athlete and a guy that I think uh, the Blazers feel could probably help them at the defensive end of the floor. He's going to have to put on a little weight, 6'5 and 179 pounds, but that's where you depend on your strength and conditioning uh, coach Bobby Petita to do that. But I think in terms of scoring and shooting ability and a guy that uh, played at a big conference, I think the Blazers would get all of those good attributes by uh, taking Jeremy Lamb, so I'll make uh, him the 11th pick of the first round of our mock draft.
0: And I've seen him go as high as 7, Brian. I like the fact that he he comes in with an 81% free throw percentage. I think any time you get a guy that's going to help you and can make free throws, that's a a huge bonus.
1: Yeah, and you always want your guards to be able to do that, and I think Lillard uh, is somebody else that could do that, so uh, you could have uh, some excitement in terms of a young backcourt, and as we talked about, Wesley Matthews, depending on what moves the Blazers make uh, might end up being a six-man, which is something that he was originally brought to the team to do, and it was only the uh, injury to Brandon Roy that put him into the starting lineup. But uh, even if Wesley is your starter, I I think you'd have a a pretty good three-guard rotation of some young uh, guards, with uh, Wesley being the most experienced of the group, but uh, two exciting young players, and Lillard and Lamb, uh, the Blazers still would not have addressed their need for front-court help but uh, I think they probably figure that there's some other spots they could do that, maybe even in free agency. So I think if you're going for the best player available here, I could see a very strong argument that Lamb might be that guy.
0: All right, wheels. So uh, thank you so much for helping us out again on our uh, mock draft.
1: Guys, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, two, two blazer picks in the second round. So, uh, there, there could be a lot of selections made by the blazers, but I also think there could be some picks made by the blazers on draft day that they end up making for somebody else. So, uh, They're going to have some opportunities to be active, and and traditionally they have been active on draft day, and I'm, I'm thinking that this draft is probably going to be no different in that respect.
0: All right, should be a lot of fun. That's Brian Wheeler, who, of course, takes Lamb as the pick for the Trailblazers. So Portland, with their two picks in the lottery, going with Damon Lillard of Weber State, the course, Guy from Oakland, and Jeremy Lamb, the shooting guard from UConn. I, Tim Roy, we're heading down the home stretch of our mock draft. We continue to mock the 2012 NBA draft right here at Warriors.com.